Get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, save, retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Blues in the wild tonight, 730 pregame here on 101 ESPN in the faceoff at 830. And we head up to the North Country and Michael Russo covers the wild for the athletic. Does a great job. And he and our blues insider, Jeremy Rutherford, are very good friends. Michael, great to have you with us on 101 ESPN. How are you doing this morning? I'm doing great. Excited uh, that we're finally here. It's been a doesn't feel like we've been talking about wild blues for a month. So uh, <laughs> finally, uh, finally, it's arrived. Yes, we have been talking about it for a while, Michael. Well, all teams kind of start from zero in the playoffs, but the Blues are twelve one and one in the last fourteen meetings versus the Wild. How much deck are you putting into the Blues' recent uh, record over Minnesota as we head into the playoffs? I mean, you know, recent meaning this year, this season, probably not as much as the overall. Uh, you know, like last year, it was just an absolute bloodbath on the ice every single night. Uh, remember the one game in in St. Louis where uh, Dean Everson kept Capo Kakinen in net for nine. There was another game where uh, Kakinen, I think, was in for seven. Um, you know, this year, <clears throat> the Winter Classic, I, I kind of throw out the window just because of the, you know, environment that gained the Wild missing five or six players having not played in two weeks as well. Um, the Wild, um, they didn't have a COVID issue, but but the league kept on canceling games uh, because of COVID uh, that the Wild were in. So I don't throw that away. And then I, I feel like the last two games in St. Louis were very, very even. I thought the Wild played well. Obviously, the one game they rallied to get to overtime before losing. Next game, they blew the lead uh, to get to overtime before losing. Um, but look, I mean, look, I, I, you can't deny the fact that the Blues are 12-1-1 in, their last, in the last 14. And until the Wild beat them, it's hard to just imagine that they're going to suddenly beat a team that also had points in, what, 16 of the last 18 games or so odd and just say they're going to win four games in a series. I think tonight really would set the stage well for them to win the series. And so I think that they're going to come out um, in front of this building tonight and try to, you know, try to play a high-octane game, the type of game that we've seen Minnesota play really all season long. Michael Russo from The Athletic with us on 101 ESPN. And Michael, it's interesting, when these teams played in the playoffs before, I really liked the Minnesota teams, and Matthew Dumba is one of the few guys left. But who are the key guys uh, with with people like Suter gone and and Parise gone and uh, uh, Grandland? Who are the key guys now for Minnesota come playoff time? Obviously, Game 83 is different than the first 82. Well, it's funny because I think that they're one of the top two deepest teams in the league, and I think the other one right there is the Blues. So these are two really, really uh, quality teams with a lot of depth. Uh, one team nine, 20 goal scorers. The other team six, um, six or seven. And, um, you know, really they they have just a lot of scoring depth up and down the lineup. It starts with Kaprizov and, and Diallo on two separate lines. Um, you know, they are playing their best hockey of the season, like absolute superstars. One for the last 66 games has been on a 122-point pace. The other in the last 50-some-odd games has been on a 104-point pace. And this is the best I've ever seen Kevin Fiala play. 
Um, but then they got the, the Greenway, Eric Fennec, and Felino line, and there was a huge scare the other night against the Avalanche where it looked like, I mean, honestly, it looked like Felino tore his ACL, and suddenly we arrived at practice yesterday, and he's practicing. And um, after he got off the <clears throat> after he got off the podium with us, he barely had a limp. So I think he really, really uh, dodged a bullet. I don't think he's out there playing with, like, a major, major injury right now. And that line is absolutely huge for the Wild. Uh, you know, they have been on the ice together as a line. I think they've given up six goals all season as a line. Uh, Greenway, Erickson, Ekinfelino, they're one of the best shutdown uh, lines in the league. Two legitimate Selkie Trophy candidates on that line as, as well, and Erickson, Ekinfelino. And so at home, you know, it'll give Everson the ability to match that line against whatever line he wants to with the Blues. Now, when you have nine, 20 goal scorers on the Blues, it's not like uh, they're going to be able to go up against every single line. So, I mean, you'll be able to dictate that one line, but then you're going to have to contend with every one of the Blues' uh, dangerous dangerous players every single night. And, Michael, we were talking earlier about the guy that'll get under the Blues' skin, and I brought up Delorier, but Felino is right yeah. there in that league, right? Those two guys will, after the series is over, those will be the two guys that Blues fans hate, right? Yeah, exactly. But, I mean, the one thing about Felino, I mean, you know, he's, he plays the game hard. Uh, he plays the game in the offensive zone, scores goals. He led the league in shooting percentage this year. But he'll, Blues fans will hate him for that reason, where they'll hate Delorier because they probably think that he's getting away and taking liberties and, and things like that. I mean, Delorier is, uh, you know, has the fifth most hits in the league since 2014, I believe. Uh, fifth most uh, hits in the league this year. Likes to fight. Obviously, that doesn't happen a lot in the playoffs. But he likes to talk trash. We saw it. Obviously, in the in the last couple of Blues games in St. Louis, where Bushnevich uh, hit Tyson Jost completely clean, but then Delorier reacted to that, and obviously, uh, I think he was mic'd up as well, so we heard all the stuff that he was saying in those games as well. So, you know, Blues fans will hate him for uh, for different reasons. Though I think they'll hate Marcus more from a respect factor because right. he's so effective, where they'll hate Delorier because they think that he's getting away, with, you know, with being a goon. Um, Michael, these two teams very evenly matched, but when you look at this matchup between the Blues and the Wild, what's the biggest vulnerability that the Wild have that the Blues could exploit? Um, I, I think that, you know, I don't think their blue line is nearly as good as it's been um, the last couple of years, but, and you also have a couple guys on the line right now in Spurgeon and Dumba that are playing, but they're clearly playing hurt. Um, you know, so they're not a hundred percent, but the one area might be goaltending. I mean, you know, like, look, uh, Talbot, has and I'll be interested when we get to the rink today to see who starts because Talbot is 13-0-3 in his last 16 games, hasn't lost in regulation since March 1st, but two of his worst games in that stretch were against the Blues, and he's somebody that's lost seven in a row against the Blues and has been just abysmal against them. So do you start Marc-Andre Fleury, who also hasn't beaten the Blues this year and doesn't have the greatest record all time against the Blues as well? Um, my gut says, even though that Talbot deserves to start, that we're going to show up at the morning skate today and find out that Fleury's in net. Um, Fleury is 9-2, and two, but has been really, really erratic in those 11 games. And so he hasn't been nearly as effective as Talbot. Um, so I do think that goaltending is one area when you're facing a team that has, you know, the Wild were the sixth best uh, offense in the league, but the Blues were fifth best. And as deep as the Blues are, I think goaltending is one area where the Blues can get to Minnesota. One thing I wondered, uh, Michael, was was there a method to Dean Evison's madness in the Blues not seeing Marc-Andre Fleury after the Wild got him? You think there's anything to that, yeah. or was it just the rotation? Um, it's a good question, because I, I was a little surprised that they didn't give him a different look. 
and maybe that was something that they were saving for this. Um, but it's not like the Blues haven't seen Mark Andre this year. The Blues got him to him three times with, when he was with the Blackhawks. But you know, there could be something to it. Um, this Blues team is just so good offensively. Like I look at this Blues team, and I don't know you 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 both see them way more than me. But I look at them as being deeper up front than they were in 2019 when they won the Cup. Now, if they had the blue line that they had in 2019 on this year's edition, I would put them right away as like a Stanley Cup front runner. Um, I think that's the one area where maybe Minnesota can get to, to St. Louis is, is, you know, look, I've, I've seen Letty play a lot. I've seen Falk. I've seen Scandella. You know, we obviously we know Pareko and Krug. Um, and Bortuzzo. So, I mean, that, it's a quality blue line, but I do, don't think it's nearly as good as the 2019 team. So that's the one issue is that, like, I, I just think if the Wild could figure out a way to play in the offensive zone and, as you said, kind of keep them away from whether it's Fleury or Talbot, I think that's the way to win the series. If the Wild are going to wind up, um, one, putting St. Louis on the power play, but two, spending a lot of time in their own end, um, it could be a really ugly series for them. That's how good the St. Louis team is up front. They just come, come at you in waves. Um, they don't waste, you know, I was talking to Flurry about them the other day. They don't waste shots. It's not like the Blues, you know, like I felt like the Blues teams of yesteryear, they did, it was a lot of get the puck to the point, shoot on net, get the puck to the point, shoot on net because they had those incredible defensemen. And now it's it's a lot of skill in the offensive zone, a lot of speed in the offensive zone, a lot of confusion in the offensive zone. A lot of seam passes, backdoor plays, and things like that, and and that's what I think the Wild have to really contend with. And for an organization that really has had one practice in the last basically month and a half, I think that's a little bit worrisome. Is that when you have a you know a defensive structure that gives up a lot of goals that have not practiced a lot, it could really make for a lot a long, long couple nights if if you give the Blues the ability to play in the offensive zone. Michael, it took to game 82 to determine home ice in this one, but the Wild have gone 31-7-2 at XL Energy Center. What do you think the arena is going to be like tonight, and how critical was it for the Wild to secure home ice advantage? I, I think it was very critical, um, and you know, I think it's going to be electric. And actually, it's only six regulation losses there because one of them was the Winter Classic. So they have just oh, been yeah. outstanding. Yeah, I mean, they have been six regulation losses all, all season at home. That's the one area where the Blues have not um, had to experience Minnesota yet, and that is at XL Energy Center. This um, year, and I know Jeremy Rutherford did a great story the other day about, um, you know, warm-up from what it's been like at the Kiel. Oh, man, I, I talk about dating my <laughs> Going old school. Yeah, love it. The Kiel Center. That's, you know, Scott Trade. What was the other one before Scott Trade? Savas. Uh, Savas. Yeah, 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 there we go. So Enterprise Center. So, I mean, he did that awesome story, and it's exactly like I've never seen – the wild arena the way it has been this year i don't know if it's because of the excitement of having kaprizov or if it's just the excitement of the pandemic ending and that these fans can come into the building um but it is like nine rows deep around warm-ups every single night here it's unlike you know i have always said that the wild fans while passionate and incredible it's like the quietest sold out arena in the league and this year it's been anything but it's been just non-stop excitement electricity all all season long and so I do think that just putting the Blues in the position of having a start here um, is a good thing for the Wild. But you know the way home ice advantage is. You just get one of the first two, and now you have home ice. So, I mean, it's it's very, you know, sometimes I don't think starting on the road is at all really a, a total deficit in a series. Where it also helps the Wild is just getting that tactical advantage of having last change the first two games. But again, 
you know, how big is that really when you when you have a Blues team that has three lines of 20 goal scorers? Uh, you know, it's like you can only match up so much before you just got to play this play the game and, and just hope that you could come out with the victory at the end of the night. Michael Russo, you can follow him at Russo Hockey on Twitter from The Athletic. A couple more quick things. Number one, playoff time, post-practice lunch. How does JR do it buying for you? <laughs> uh, well, luckily, we uh, you know, that's the one thing, actually. He's on the expense account this this side of the trip because he's on the road. Maybe i got to get him to buy me lunch. Definitely. Um, he, uh, <laughs> he will definitely be getting the crusted walleye at Tom Reed's. Probably, if you're a Blues fan in Minnesota and you want to meet the great Jeremy Rutherford, just go to Tom Reed's and you'll find him probably 24 hours a day except for the game. So. <laughs> Good tip. Absolutely. And then who do you have winning and, and, and how many? I have the Wild winning. I have them winning in six games. I just uh, think the world of this team this season. Um, but I also think the world of the Blues. I, I just think that these first two games at home are absolutely critical. And if you can figure out a way to steal one in, in St. Louis, you can win the series. But this Wild team has been like nothing I've covered. I've covered this organization for 17 years. Maybe it's just me getting hyped up of finally not covering a middling, boring 2-1 victory or loss every single night franchise. Um, they have just, I mean, again, I mean, five, six, seven goals a night every single night. A couple stars that we have never seen in a wild uniform before. Um, you know, it's going to be a really, really good series. Michael, we had Mike Yo too. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I know. That's true. That's a good point. Um, and by the way, if you, just so Blues fans know, if they think that's a homer pick, I have, if you go back on my predictions of wild hockey over the 17 years I've covered them, I've picked them to win a series like once. <laughs> so this is not just a, this is not just the wild beat writer picking the wild. I mean, I have, um, I remember when they won the division in 2008, I walk into the locker room and God rest his soul, but Pavel Dimitra, as you all know well, just lit me up for picking the Avalanche in, in six games. And uh, the Avalanche won in six games. So, like, it's not, you know, and that was the year the Wild won the Northwest Division. So, so uh, it's not, I promise you, this is just not a homer pick. I usually pick against them. No. Great analysis, great knowledge. We thank you so much for taking some time with us. Enjoy the series, and we'll see you here in St. Louis over the weekend. Yep, absolutely. Can't wait. All right, thanks, Michael. Michael Russo from The Athletic on 101 ESPN. He covers the Wild and does a great job of it. That's why I wanted to ask about XL Energy Center, because not only have the Wild been great there this year, but it does seem like there's been a different energy that's been infused into that building. And I'm not worried about the Blues going onto the road after we spoke mm-hmm. with, with David Perron, and he talked about the mentality this team has going on the road. Um but I think it's going to be really interesting to see how loud and vibrant that place is tonight. And we saw it here in St. Louis with Brett Hull. When you have a young superstar, just changes things. People come to the rink. There will be a ton of Kaprizov sweaters mm-hmm. in the stands tonight. It's just it's a, it's a different vibe. I think it's a young, new vibe that mm-hmm. just can't wait to cheer. I think, is there one person on the team that makes you a little nervous about going into that environment? Because there's, there's one person for me that I'm like, the team as a whole, not worried about, but there's one person I'm like, oh, could this work as a detriment to you? The one person that I, I would be concerned about would be the goalie, Vili Husso. Yeah, that's the same with me. Yeah. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. The college football playoff committee made their decision on Sunday, and as much as I loathe the idea of Ohio State losing their way into the college football playoff, I 100% agree with OSU making it in over Bama. Nick Saban citing some hypothetical point spreads to prove his point that the tie deserve a spot in the college football playoffs holds little substance when you consider Bama's best win is over Texas. No, the committee got it right. 
TCU had a great season with far more ranked wins than Bama and didn't deserve to lose their spot after playing a surging Kansas State in a championship game. And Ohio State, while not playing some of their best ball later in the season, was still 12-0 until they came face-to-face with my Wolverines. While the college football playoff system isn't nowhere near as good as it could be, it's better than what we had. And in a few years, it will be better for all of college football. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. And don't forget BetOnline for the NHL, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. Hey, hon, what you doing with your fun? Do flowers have best friends? I don't know. Hey, look. Whoa. Some answers can only be found in nature. Discover the unsearchable. Visit discovertheforest.org to find a trail near you. Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council.